In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The two readings this morning about the sower and the productivity of the scattered seed. Although with all the rain we have had these last days and more to look forward to next week, maybe it is only the farmers who can see it as rain come down from heaven. Matthew 13 is full of parables. Parables, as we all know, are stories and can, although, have been called stories that read us rather than stories just for us to listen to. Stories that read us. Because taken together, they show why Jesus used parables to teach with in the first place. When the disciples asked him why he spoke to people in parables, Jesus replied in the verses that we skipped this morning, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. And then Jesus uses the words found again later in Matthew and also in Mark and Luke. Whoever has will be given more and he will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. In the other places, when I looked, it seemed to be a warning against taking spiritual privileges for granted. But here, in verse 12, it is used to increase the sense of privilege to those who have received knowledge of the kingdom, like the disciples. More will be given, while those who have not accepted this knowledge, the Jews and particularly the Pharisees, will be deprived even of what they possess. Several of the parables look ahead to the warning of this, the great judgment that's going to come, in which God will establish a kingdom once and for all by rooting out all wickedness. But you say, didn't Jesus' hearers already believe that a day would come when God would judge the world, dividing the righteous from the wicked? when the righteous would be rescued from oppression and their enemies, the wicked, would be judged? The answer is, yes, they did. And they wouldn't have come to stand around on a lakeside just to hear this again. They came for a very different reason. They came because they were starting to guess that the judgment was already beginning and that Jesus was part of it. On that day, they would be rescued from evil. It would be like a farmer starting a new agricultural year. God would sow his field with crops that would bring in a new harvest. Isaiah, Jeremiah and other prophets had spoken in this way. Seed time and harvest, both part of God's created order, had long been a picture of how God the Creator would act to redeem his people from their sins to rescue them from exile and deliver them from tyranny. They had heard these old prophecies in the synagogues and some would have read the sacred writings from long ago. What they wanted was these prophecies fulfilled. And now here was a young prophet, a man of their own time, doing such remarkable things that it made people wonder if he was the one who would bring it all about. No wonder they followed him 
and no wonder when he began to speak about the far farmer sowing seed, they listened eagerly. But it wasn't what they were expecting. It wasn't a story about God sowing Israel in its own land at last, restoring its fortunes to the sort of greatness that they had long dreamt of. No, here was a story of failure and success. And it was cryptic, with a secret message they couldn't grasp. Why? Because Jesus wanted them to struggle with what he was saying, to talk about it among themselves, to think it through. There was going to be no instant fix. It is going to be hard to understand, Jesus is saying. But that doesn't mean it isn't true. Stick with me. Listen to me. Figure it out. Come back for more. Jesus' parables remind me of the mazes in great country houses. A challenge to be puzzled over. Another viewpoint was required here. God was not going to arrive in a blaze of glory, in a movement that would sweep through Israel, bringing freedom, justice and peace. This is not the way God works. God had to delay his final action in order to give people time to repent. Time under his gentle prompting to find their way to the heart of the maze. And this is why the word is central to Jesus' ministry and in the early church. Jesus speaks God's word, the word which inaugurate the kingdom. So what should the hearers of this parable have heard if they had been listening? What do we hear today? Firstly, the story can be taken at face value. Seeds get sown and their growth is determined by where they land. Or is it strictly an allegory where the sower is God, the seeds represent the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the soil our hearts? Of course, using this last interpretation and the explanation Jesus gives this story, we might well think the point of it is about we need to do everything so that we can become good soil. But it is not just about the dirt, is it? And we can't change the kind of soil we are, because only God can do that. This interpretation also makes a story about us, about the soil. However, the story is not about us. It is for us. This parable is about God and his extravagant generosity. God throws the seed of the kingdom everywhere, liberally, even wastefully. It's what God does. It's what God keeps on doing, not discriminating between good and bad soil. Because God will not withhold the word from anyone. He is a loving God and wants the seed to go out into all the world to transform any who will accept it. In verse 10 from the reading of Isaiah this morning, God declares that the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word, he says. I send it out and it also produces fruit. 
big question here is how well are our ears tuned to listen to the word? Not just to listen to the word, but to absorb it into our lives. Because this is what determines the extent to which the word or the good news of the gospel can make our lives abundantly fruitful and to reach other people. Does what we have received spill out to those around us or those we come in contact with through either our words or our actions? We have all been called sowers to sow the seed of the gospel. But we have to be ready for the frustration when it falls on rocky ground. And we've all been there on some level at some point in our lives. Rocky ground. Every parent whose words of loving concern have fallen on a teenager's deaf ears knows hard-packed ground. In fact, many of us who deal with other people on a daily basis also know this. And especially anyone who is trying to run a business with honesty and integrity in today's financial climate, only to see clients go where prices are cheaper, understands shallow roots. Every person who has been overwhelmed with worry or the desire for wealth has experienced the, fight, the tight grip of thorny weeds. But again, we must really get it into our heads that this parable is not just about the dirt. We can waste precious effort despairing over seeds that don't grow, where they fall, why they aren't growing. The sower doesn't do that. For the sower keeps sowing. Jesus keeps spreading the word and by doing this, he shows us something else. He shows us hope because Jesus challenges us to believe in God's abundance. This story is filled with the promise of abundance, even in the face of rejection and the hard realities of living in this world, realities that are becoming harsher by the day for so many. God shows us hope that we don't have to settle for less. If we stick with him, listen to him, keep trying to figure it out and continue to keep going back to him, we will get there. This story of the sower is about growth. It's about our growth, for we have all been called to be sowers to sow the seed of the gospel, whether by words or our actions. As Christian disciples, we have been charged to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Amen.